You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. And welcome to 101.9 High FM. We just listened to Ben Snoff, Gana Kochavim. It's probably one of my favorite, favorite songs. Um, a really, really soulful singer. Just absolutely love that. Welcome, everybody, to Chai FM. And uh, we are going to be learning Torah together. We are going through the mystical texts of the book of Genesis and particularly chapter one, where we are going into the mysteries of creation. Today, we are coming to I guess the ultimate of creation, we are going to only be learning two verses. That's in chapter one. We are going to be looking at verses 26 and 27. Um, two verses alone with a just maybe not more than 20 words that, 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 uh, make up these two verses. But in these two verses, it describes us. It describes the creation of man. And I guess it, can and will hopefully give you some understanding as to what you are doing on this planet and what our forefather, our very first father, Grandpapa Adam and Grandmama Eve, um, how they were created, why they were created, and what was the purpose of creation. Actually, fascinating stuff could probably spend weeks and weeks um, on this topic, a lot has been written and a lot has been said and a lot has been taught about this, uh, this topic. But just understanding how the creation worked will give us an insight into who we are and why we are here. And as always, I welcome conversation. So if you'd like to make a comment, 34519 is the SMS number 0618951019. WhatsApp, and if you'd like to call in for a chat, 010-140-3020. So let's look at the first two verses. Let's just do a translation. So we set the stage for what it is that we are going to discuss. We are sitting presently, just before we read, on day six Day six, um, the first 12 hours of creation, um, the animals were created, all those animals that trod upon the earth, the wild beast and the domestic beast and everything that is a, uh, and every creeping thing that was on the ground, all of that was created. And we ended off in uh, verse 25, Vayar Elohim Kitov, Hashem saw that it was good. Um, and now, the text changes and it goes as follows. Vayomer Elohim and God said, Naase Adam betameinu. Let us make man in our image. Um, and then it says, Kidmutenu, in our likeness. Viyirdu bidigat hayam, bidgat hayam. And they will rule over the fish of the sea. Um, over of Hashemaim and over the birds of the heavens, Ubabhema, over Chol Haaretz, over Chol Haremes Haromes Al Haaretz, and they will rule over the cattle, the whole earth, every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God is um, stating His intention of creating a man in. Our image, we're going to understand what that means. And the purpose of man is to rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the cattle, the whole earth, every creeping thing. That is verse 26. That is the intention. Verse 27 describes the practical application. Vayivra Elohim eta Adam 
God created man in his image. B'Tselem Elokim bara oto, he created in the, man in the image of God. Zachar unakeva bara otam, male and female, he created them. Now, for anybody who is just even mildly a scholar of dikduk, of grammar, of Hebrew grammar, um, certainly the way things are tra- translated in the English doesn't lend <clears throat> towards one who is following the grammar. There are so many grammatical inconsistencies in these two verses that it's actually quite scary. I think it, it wouldn't it wouldn't score well on a grammatical test. And I'm going to take you through the two verses again to give you the literal translations, and then you will see the inconsistencies of what is happening. So here are the questions again. Vayomer Elohim, God says, Naase Adam. Okay. Naase is in the plural. It comes from the nun um, that uh, is the prefix to the word ase. Naase comes from the word anachnu. Let us. Let us make man an Adam, man. Bitsalmenu in our image. Kidmutenu in our likeness. So straight away, the question that begs to be asked, and it is a a big question at that, who is God talking to and who is us that is creating this being? Let us create man in our image and after our likeness. So who is God chatting to over here? One of the things that uh, is very uh, is 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 a fundamental principle in Judaism is that we don't believe in multiple deities. We don't believe that other people have a godlike status. There is only God, and then there is us. So, who is God speaking to? And why are the verse? Why are all these words in the plural? Let us make man after our image and after our likeness. And then uh, we have in verse 27, when the actual deed is done, as I said, verse 26 is the intent. 27 reads as follows. Vayivra Elohim eta Adam, God created man, but Salmo, in his image. So straight away we are going now from a plural, but Salmenu, to Salmo. But Selim Elohim bara oto that God created man in his image. And now we are thinking that he was only talking about the creation of a man, Adam. Adam is a singular. We are told, Zachar unakeva bara otam. He created them, male and female. So here again, there is a big switch um, in grammar. So first we have the plural, and there's the us. There seems to be a party of people involved in the creation of man. However, when man is created, God creates him alone. But Salmo, in his image, he creates him. But then at the end, and, and it says, But Selim Elohim bara oto. He was created. He, he, one guy was created. And then in the very next four words, we have Zachar unakeva bara otam. That male and female, he created them. So how many people were created? Who? What is going on here? It seems to be jumping from plural to singular, back to plural. And um, it seems pretty confusing. And this is just two little verses. 
And in these verses, we need to land up exploring the, 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 the secrets of creation. If you have any thoughts on why these uh, verses jump backwards and forwards, please SMS. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your ideas on what you think all of this is about. 34519 is the SMS line. 61 the WhatsApp line. You're listening to Robertson Edel Kazilski. Welcome back, and we're looking at verses 26 and 27 of chapter 1 of Genesis. We're trying to understand how we were created. Maybe all this confusion does allow us to be confused human beings, but we will unravel it, and we will see the incredible insight that <clears throat> excuse me, that Torah gives um, in terms of the creation of man. Let's go back again, and let's understand let us create man in our image after our likeness. So immediately, there's a few things to be said over here. Firstly, we've got to understand that um, a person being created was almost as if now what God had done was that he had created an enormous palace with all the, the showings that a palace has to have, all the furniture, all the decor. And finally, once everything had been furnished and everything had been decorated, he ushers the owner in to, so that he can be ready for his immediate dwelling. And this was, this is what the creation of man signified, that God was bringing man now onto a set stage and offering him this place as an abode. But having said that, before he created them, he created him, what he did do, God, was that he had a discussion with the angels, the Torah teaches us. Naaseh Adam, let us make man, is actually a discussion that God had with various angels, with with some some rabbis say it was with the angels, and others say it was actually with the world. Let's just understand that a little bit more. With the angels, what God was saying now, I've created a physical world, and I've created you, the angels, which are completely spiritual. I now want to fuse the two. So we want to create a man that's in our image, in our likeness, meaning that we will have angel-like properties, but at the same time, this human being, this man that is going to be created is going to have to live in a physical world. And Kit Mutenu, particularly Rashi goes and says, after our likeness, means that this creature is going to have the power of understanding and the power of intellect. And we can see that very, very clearly, that when it comes to all the creations that we find on planet Earth, we are the only ones that have the ability to choose between good and evil, the ability to have a cognitive function where we, we can think for ourselves and choose what to do and when to do it. The rest of the world, while it is imbued with God's energy and uh, is a representation of God's creations, they are very much robotic in what they do. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. You will not hear a time where the sun goes, oh, you know, I'm just too tired to get out of bed today. I'm not getting up. I'm not rising. Similarly, when it comes to the, 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 the plant kingdom and even the animal kingdom, you don't hear a plant 
Or we don't see a plant going saying, geez, you know, today I'm feeling pretty lazy. No photosynthesis for me today. Or for a lion to get up and say, you know what, today I'm, I'm going to take takeaways. I'm not too hungry. All the animals, all the plants, the inanimate world runs on a clockwork. One runs through what we call the clock of, of, of nature, where there is a, a, predictable way in which they behave. They are born with that understanding and they just act out of that understanding. That was the level of, of what the world was until man was created. But now that man was coming onto the platform, man was coming into this stage of the world, God is speaking to the higher beings and saying, we're now going to create somebody that is a fusion of heaven and earth where they will have heaven-like qualities. They will have a soul. They will have something that vivifies them and gives them the quality of heaven. And we will also have that quality of earth. And so he goes into discussion with the, the, the angels on that 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 idea. Some other commentators go and say Nase Adam Kitsalmenu Kidmutenu is actually not just a discussion with the angels, it's a discussion with every part of creation. Why? Because ultimately what happens when God creates man is that he actually creates man with every single element of creation within him. So we have a little bit of angels within us. We have a little bit of the mountains and the valleys within us. We have, um, we have uh, the, uh, the idea of growth and, and, and wanting to strive upwards from, from the plants. We've, we've got a, a ferociousness about us. We've got a bit of lion within us. If you start thinking about it, we actually hold all characteristics that we find in the inanimate, in the plant, and in the animal kingdom. And so God goes into collaboration. He holds an endaba regarding that because it's kind of like a buy-in from the whole of creation. Let us create the sum total of everything that has been created and let's create it in a being that is far superior to absolutely everything else um, that, that has been created so far. And once that, 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 that intent has been put into place, the grammar is corrected because there isn't more than one God that creates us. There isn't human beings that are God-like. God was there and he created. And so the verse changes straight away. Vayivra Elohim et Adam b'tzalmo in his image. B'tzalim Elohim bara oto. God created him. In his, in, in, in God's image. So the first verse kind of is a, 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 a verse that suggests input, which it does. There was input. There was a collaboration. There was, there is the idea that God created man from all four corners of this earth, took dust from every single place, uh, blew in a soul, the, uh, an energy that was given to everybody else and that we have the characteristics of the entire world. But once that collaboration was over, that intent was stated, um, it is very clear, very, very clear from um, 
the second verse, verse 27, that God created man in his image. He created one man. There wasn't, we didn't have angels creating, etc., etc. There is a, a very interesting idea that at one point in time, the Torah was to be translated into 70 languages. It was commissioned by a Roman emperor. And it says that he, he brought a lot of scholastic um, teachers Torah teachers to his palace and he put them in separate rooms and he commanded them to translate the Torah into all the other Semitic languages that were available at the time. And um, interestingly, we are told that when they came to this verse, they, they got pretty nervous by saying, let us make man in our image, um, lest there would be an atheist, a heretic, who would use this um, in, as a pointed, you know, look, I told you that, you know, man was multifaceted and that there is more than one God. And each on their own accord, when they translated it into the Semitic language, did not make it as let us, but let man be created in the image of God, um, in the likeness of God. So to not allow that there would be any confusion about it. Um, in fact, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu complained to God and said, you're putting this in front of people and this certainly can cause a stumbling block. And we are told that um, Hashem said, if, you know, if somebody wants to go find an excuse and wants to act as a heretic or an atheist, you will find the excuse without that. Having said that, nevertheless, the answer here is, is that there was a collaboration in an understanding that we are a composite of, of, of creation. We are the crown of creation. There's something also very interesting, um, that, that the Talmud in the Gemara of Brochus teaches us. It says, man is a miniature world and his soul is likened to his creator. And how is his soul likened to his creator? In five ways. Um, we are told as follows, just as God fills the whole world, so too the soul fills the body. Just as God sees but is not seen, so too it is with the soul. Just as God sustains the whole world, so too the soul sustains the body. Just as God is pure, so too is the soul and just as God abides, lives, dwells in the innermost precincts of creation, so too does the soul. And this is the answer to the word tselem and demut in the, the, the parallel terms of God creating, we being created in God's image and in his likeness. Um, we have very much a godly aspect to it. Our Kabbalists say that we're a chelek elokai mimal mamish. We are a veritable part of godliness. It is a vital, um, it's of vital importance for us to recognize that. It's important for us to know this and it forms very much a part of why we are here in this world. What is our mission? Because once we know that we are a divine being, we're not just a physical human being who is chasing after physical pleasures and hey we live here for 70 80 120 years and then when when it's over it's all over but rather that we are housed in a body and we've got a very very great soul we've got something spiritual that is eternal that has come from a place on high that is going further to a further place on high and that we are traveling through this world and the object of our mission is that we elevate the spiritual within us, then we look at the world 
through very, very different eyes. It's an incredible concept, and it's a concept, I think, that forms the basis of self-esteem and to understand that there isn't a person on this planet that doesn't have purpose and that doesn't have a reason to be alive. And it is something that we in each of each and every one of us has to inculcate within ourselves and also promote and, and, and pass that on to our children and to our loved ones that God don't make no junk. Okay. It isn't that you just happen to be and this is the situation you were and you're defective. On the contrary, we are primarily soulful. We have an energy and we have a, a piece of godliness within us. And that is the essence of who we are. Um, vitally, vitally important. Would love to hear if you agree or you disagree. 34519 is the on-air SMS or 061-895-1019, the WhatsApp number. So this really is the explanation um, of the, the, the changing of the grammar. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And then when God creates man, he creates him in his image after his, after his likeness, um, in, in the image of God. Now, the last part of the verse needs explanation. Zachar un keva bara otam. Male and female, he created them. Well, hang on one second. We thought that you created an Adam. You created a man. What does it mean that he, male and female, he created them? And the majority opinion, this is, there's, there's a lot Kabbalistically to understand over here, but the majority opinion holds that, in fact, the first human being that was created was, in fact, androgynous, meaning that they, this being was neither male nor female. They, it was both. There was male on one side and female on the other side. It was a complete human being, a perfect human being. Why? Because if one creates in the image of God, if one wants to bring into physical existence something that, that, that mimics God, that looks like a God, so to speak, that, that, that has the qualities of God, then we have to have male and female because God himself Whilst we attribute gender to him when we speak, um, in real terms has no gender. God is an it. There's neither male nor female. There are many times we refer to God as a male. And there are other times that we will speak about God in the female. For example, the word shchina, divine presence. When you talk about God's shechina, God's divine presence, that is actually a female word. And uh, we're taught that God has both male and female qualities um, within him. He is a composite. He is complete. He is whole. And so the first human being that was created was an androgynous human being. It was complete. It was whole and mimicked in its entirety the image of God. Um, it was only afterwards, which we will get to further down the line, that God puts Adam to sleep and he separates um, this human being into male and female. And this, by the way, um, is the basis, the whole basis of marriage, the attraction to marriage, the natural um, attraction of a male to a female, not any male to any female but a male specifically to a female, because when you do find your bashet, when you do find um, he or she 
um, who you believe to be your better half, you're actually finding a part of yourself because your soul has been divided. Um, it has uh, been divided into a male body and a female body, and it takes the good part of 20 to 30 years for that soul to be reunited. And that in and of itself is a discussion which hopefully next week we will talk about the Jewish viewpoint on marriage and why it is so. Having said that, I'd like to go back and just look at this body that God created uh, created for us because it's absolutely fascinating when we understand that we are a whole world. That's why the Torah tells us that if one saves a person, it is considered as if he has saved an entire world. And sadly, the converse is also true if somebody kills somebody, murders somebody, it is as if he has destroyed the entire world. I'm going to uh, share with you some of the things that, 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 that are written about, about man. We can go onto a whole physiological discussion, but the first important idea is, um, in showing that you know, we are a composite whole, um, the first thing is that we know man was created with 248 limbs. And um, one can, if you want, have get a, back, a, back, a, a breakdown that there are 30 bones in the sole of the foot, six in each toe. There are 10 in each ankle. There are two in the lower part of each leg, three in each knee, one in each hip, six, six in the hips, 11 pairs of ribs, etc. If you start adding it all up, you will come to 248 um, Limbs, and the parallel to this is the two hundred and forty-eight limbs um, are equivalent to the two hundred and forty-eight commandments in the Torah that tell us what to do: the positive commandments, to keep Shabbat, to honor your parents, etc., etc. So each limb corresponds to one of the positive mitzvot of the Torah. There is also three hundred and sixty-five. Prohibitions in the Torahs, the do nots, um, they parallel the 365 days of the solar calendar and they also parallel the 365 sinews and arteries that we have in, in, in our body. And we are taught, therefore, that 613 mitzvot, we have 365 um, negative and 248 positive, and each Part of our body is connected to a mitzvah in the Torah. So from an idyllic, from a, 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 a perfectionist point of view, if we are able to keep all 613 mitzvot to perfection, then we have a seamless existence, both body and soul. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. And we're looking right now at the wonder of the human period, um, how God created us. And uh, one of the interesting uh, comments made in the Torah is as follows, that why was man created last? Well, if we understand, as we have said, that we are the culmination of creation, then we are the king. For us, the entire world was created, and that should give us a, a, a you know a very healthy self-esteem, knowing that God created this magnificent place just for us. But the comment flips as well and says, at the same time, if man becomes arrogant and 
thinks that he's entitled and he deserves um, this because just of who he is and what he wants, um, he can actually degrade himself and lower himself that a bee, a spider, an ant can come and say to him, who do you think you are? You were created last. You were like last in line of creations. There were much greater creations created before you because you're really a low life. So we live this dichotomy. We have this choice. And this is really what differentiates us from the rest of creation. We either have the choice to rise in royalty, in dignity, to fulfill our mission and know that God created this magnificent world for us. Or alternatively, we can become selfish, egocentric, self-serving, and then we act less than a low life, less than perhaps the ant, the spider, the the whatever, anything. All of creation was created before us. So in order of importance, we can really be put in place and say, listen, man, you are last in line. That is the ultimate choice. That is where we need to choose um, our life, our mission, our purpose. I want to go into a, a few ideas that 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 fascinated me there's an in, there's an entire work on all the various parts of the physiology of man and and what all the various um parts of the body um what they do and why they were created so and why they they're shaped so and where they're placed and why and as i said we could go on forever i want to um share with you a small one a small idea, just to show you the enormity, the vastness of Torah knowledge and the the insight that Torah had long before we had, you know, cadavers and, and doctors and, and, and modern medicine understanding the human body. Here's a teaching about our hand. It says that God gave man five fingers on each hand. And uh, they named them in Hebrew just for interest's sake, the first is called Godel. Godel is the thumb. The second is called the etzba, which is the forefinger. The third is called the ama. The fourth is called the kemitza. And the fifth, the little finger, is called the zeret, the pinky. Now, each one of these fingers is created to fulfill a specific function. Because just like the other parts of the body, Every single part of the body, part of the body has a necessary function. We cannot look at any part of what was created and say to God, listen, this was created in vain. So let's understand why we've got five fingers. So the Torah teaches that the five fingers parallel the five senses being taste, smell, touch, sight, and hearing. And every Finger is a creation that serves one of these senses. Let's look at it. We know that the thumb is created in such a way that it fits best into the mouth where one can taste. When one wants to take out food or when one wants to have comfort, as we see with a young child, why is it that they suck their thumbs? They don't go and sit and suck their pinky or their middle finger. It's their thumb. Because the thumb is associated with the sense of taste. The second finger is used, says the Torah, to clean the nose so that one can smell. 
Also, again, when one is uh, digging for diamonds, one knows which finger to use. One certainly doesn't try to use the thumb. With the third, which is the longest of all, one can touch one's body. So this has got to do with a sense of touch. The fourth finger is used to clean the eye so that one can see. And the little finger is used to clean the ear. So one can see from that, just from this small teaching, that each finger was created for a special purpose. And one unconsciously sometimes uses the the, the, always will use the right finger to do what it, it, what it has to do because it's actually connected to that sense. Quite, uh, quite unbelievable. And with that, I'd like to also to bring attention very quickly to our listeners about a prayer that, um, is found in, in, in the Siddur, is found in the prayer book. And it said every single time one comes out of using the bathroom. Now, one would think, you know, Torah is holy and it's got to have a, a, a dignity and it has to, you know, you'll find it in the synagogue, you'll find it on the holiest day of the year. Not so. It is there on the holiest day of the year. It is found in the synagogue. But Torah is a way of life that actually embraces every part of who we are. And one of the ideas that is brought is that one needs to always be thankful for a functioning body, and we must always thank Hashem for it. And so every time one attends to a call of nature, we say a blessing. And I'm going to read you this blessing. Um, it is something that we should learn um, off by heart so that we use it. And when we say it, that we, will, we should stop and spend 15 seconds in a, in a state of gratitude that the complexity of our body actually works. It goes as follows. It goes, Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed you, Hashem, um, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam, King of this earth, Ashe Yatsar et Adam Bechokmah, you have created man with wisdom. Uvaravo Nekavim Nekavim Halulim Halulim. You have created man with many openings and many hollows. It is revealed and known before your throne of glory. If one of those that need to be opened becomes closed, or if one of them that is closed becomes open, it is impossible to survive for even one hour. Baruch Atah Hashem, Rofe Kolbasa Umafli Lasot, Blessed You Hashem, Healer of all flesh and miraculous indeed. An absolutely amazing, amazing blessing. Us just to be cognizant that our body has many apertures, many openings, um, and that which needs to remain open stays open, that which needs to stay closed remains closed, and the acknowledgement that if that one of those processes are reversed. We actually land up in a place of disease. You're listening to Robertson Adol Kazilski. Welcome back, and we have just a few minutes. Thank you, Anonymous. Uh, just wrote in. Hi, thank you for inspiring me, Robertson Adol, and always inspiring me in Israel. Well, I'm glad that uh, you're listening all the way from the Holy Land. Much blessing and uh, love. To that very special place. And then I got another SMS. Just by the way, there are 206 bones in the body, not 248 as you stated. Let me be clear. I didn't state there were 248 bones in the body. The Torah states it. And, uh, you know, I don't know where 
your calculations of 206 come from. Perhaps you are an orthopedic surgeon. For whatever, I would, I would urge you to go and look up how the Torah counts the 248. I do have a clear calculation um, in front of me. And uh, from this perspective, I can just say that be it in the, the world of physiology, be in the world of astronomy, be in the world of absolutely almost anything, um, the knowledge that, that was, was, was handed down through Moses to the, the, the rabbis and was written down um, has always landed up at some point in time being proven by science. If science has an attitude that is against it, it's just that science at this point in time is an error. So there are 248 um, limbs. Google it. Go, go check it up, and uh, it will be interesting to see where you can take it from there. As a summation, um, we have been created as a composite being, Body and soul, we are the, 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 the prized jewel in the king's crown. We are the crown of creation. And God put us into this world for a mission to elevate our souls, to bring this world to a, a, a state of perfection. And when we recognize the beauty of how our physical bodies are made up of and how our soul mimics the, 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 the actual energy of God and that we are part of God and we are each and every single one of us part of each other because we have a commonality. I think that if each and everybody, each one of us inculcates that into us, then we, um, we would make this world a much better place. Please God, next week we will look into the idea of marriage. Tomorrow morning, I'm on air with Howard Feldman discussing prophetic times. Lots of exciting things happening. In the meantime, I wish you all a wonderful, wonderful afternoon.